0: Queen Sheba. Today's guest is the poet who founded Poetry vs. Hip Hop Live and the Poetry vs. Hip Hop Foundation that supports LGBTQ women of color navigating their cancer journey. The award-winning poet is also an author and a professor. She'll share insights about her work and her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show where we empower you. Sheba, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. It's so good to see you again.
1: It's great to see you too, Devin. How have you been? Uh,
0: uh, well, yeah, I I'm thrown to the ask me a question. I'm the interviewer. Uh, but no, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, but I'm you know, I just actually finished recording about 10 minutes ago with uh our friend Dilla. And uh, so I'm I'm thrilled now to have a, a chance to connect with you and, and record with you. Uh, of course, we won't share these necessarily back to back 10 minutes apart, but but we will share them. Uh, and I'm excited to do that. But you, you and I had
1: pain coming from Israel.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Um, you know, the, the the highlight of the Israel trip for me uh, was not. Israel we saw amazing things and I'm so grateful to our hosts for all that they did to educate us uh, and share with us Uh, you know I had never visited Yad Vashem I was deeply moved by that yes um, but but really for me the highlight was making some new friends the people that I traveled with that you and I traveled with uh, and so um, you know I am so eager to count you as a lifelong friend oh my uh, god
1: yes, and, yes know, I, so we're friends we're friends forever
0: good good uh and uh, i'm grateful 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 for that uh so i'm eager to share uh, a little bit of you a little piece of you with with my community but um tell us a little bit about your work with uh poetry versus hip-hop
1: Okay. Um, so to save the the long backstory, but Poetry versus Hip Hop is a social impact platform disguised as a stage show. And the reason I say disguised as is because people don't necessarily understand what we're doing in the background to connect genres and people that would not have necessarily sat together in the lunchroom or would not have necessarily... Um, you know, did a show together, or did community service together, or um, they wouldn't necessarily have called each other on the phone. So, in the background of Poetry versus Hip Hop stage show, we purposely reach out to people that are from all walks of life, um, including but not limited to um, any race, color, creed, LGBTQIA community, anything at all, so that we can. Bridge these gaps and start conversations with people to help um, to help dissolve stereotypes, to help people understand different cultures, to maybe introduce them to cultures they have never seen or talked to before or worked with before, and that's really important to me as a woman of color and of multi-multicultures within myself to introduce people to each other. And I like to consider myself a bit of a conduit. I, um, <laughs> so uh, so that's what happens in the background of poetry versus hip hop. And with that, just like our trip to Israel, people leave forever changed, they leave, Saying, oh, I I I didn't even know so-and-so was a hip hop artist. I didn't even know they were a writer. I didn't even know they were a journalist. I didn't even know they were a singer. I need to work with them. And, and amazing friendships, lifelong friendships have come out of that. We've actually had some um discourse. We've had um there was one time that in Texas, I, I won't say which city, um, because we've been to Austin, Dallas, and Houston. Um, but there was a, a, a kind of a hip hop gang rival where the hip hop artists were like, no, I'm not working with so-and-so because they're, they run with such and such crew. And then we had to sit them down and say, "You know, hey, and this is all behind the scenes. Like nobody knows this is going on. So we had to sit down and, down and say, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to say, hey, this we're not the stereotype that you think that we are. We're not these gangsters. We're not, we're not these thugs. We're writers and creatives and 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 thought leaders and thinkers and, and social activists. Hey, come over and, and meet my crew over here, so and so. And so um we were able to dissolve that a little bit and get at least one from each crew to come that way. But that's why we don't just when, I ha- when I'm putting together a team of poets or a team of hip hop artists, I don't just pull them all from the same group because um, that, would, that would go against our mission statement to help bridge these neighborhoods within these large cities. So that's what goes on behind the poetry versus hip hop. And then, um, of course, I started the breast cancer arm when my partner passed away 14 months ago. Um, at the day of recording so she passed away January 3rd of 2022 and I wasn't sure I wanted to bring Poetry versus Hip Hop back but so many people were like no it's not just a show this is a this is a evolving life-changing um community service aspect with a DJ you know so um I, you know, was convinced to do it and got together a team to help me because there are a lot of moving parts to Poetry versus Hip Hop. And once I decided, okay, we're going to relaunch, we're going to upscale it a little bit, we're going to tick up a little bit, we're going to scale up a little bit. So we added the Breast Cancer Foundation arm to that. And we also added the Poetry versus Hip Hop Enterprising Award because I believe in giving people their flowers while they're alive. So those are the things that behind poetry versus hip But then everybody shows up and this is a great show and they're
0: like ah <laughs> so yeah well this is just it, it is so wonderful to learn about this and, and you know the the i want to kind of dig into this aspect about uh the, the cross-cultural connections uh, it seems to me that um, there is such a need for this in so many ways. How do you think about it, approach it, work on it deliberately? Uh, because many of us kind of throw up our hands. We say, boy, it would sure be great if we could cross these borders and boundaries and all be friends. But it's hard. So I can't, I don't know what to do. How, how do so you do it? Think
1: about, has there ever been a time any time in your life but i'm I'm sure not because you're you're so amazing and kind me i'm a little edgy <laughs> so think about there's a if there was ever a time when you've been misunderstood or somebody judged you before getting to know you or somebody made a comment or a uh a microaggression against you without getting to know you. And that's happened to me my entire life. I'm adopted, I'm adopted by white people. I grew up in a major city. I present black, but I'm biracial. Um, I'm also part of the LGBTQIA community. And so I have all of these facets and umbrellas um, that are amazing, like you say, superpowers and talents. And superpowers, talents, and part of my culture but I get misread and misunderstood a lot of times, you know, I, I deal with anxiety, I deal with depression, I deal with feeling overwhelmed, I deal with having to do everything on my own, I'm dealing with the, the loss in the mourning of my romantic partner and my business partner and my best friend, and so sometimes um, I can be misunderstood in ways, and I just wanted to create an event because I like throwing events um, and and entertainment is the like top five things that people spend money on, right? It's travel, food, um, health and beauty and entertainment, arts and entertainment. So um, I wanted to create a platform where a trans hip hop artist um, can be, quote, it's a friendly battle, so uh, can battle with a self-proclaimed thug poet. And, and part of our requirements in Poetry versus Hip-Hop is that they hug so that there, there is a human connection because we've lost so much human connection and that is so important to me. And I feel like every time someone has misjudged me, and I was just talking about this with my manager um, earlier today, Anytime somebody has misjudged me, as soon as they get to know me or they have a conversation with me, they admit to it. They say, "You know what? I really misjudged you. I, I thought you were a snob. I thought you." I've had people misjudge me before doing poems. I remember one time—true story. I, I mean, I hate when people say that. Like everything else is a lie, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. But everything else I said was some BS. <laughs> but um, one time. Um, I was in Toronto and we did a tour in Buffalo, New York. And I remember getting this, I remember walking to the venue and it was a university and we were going to perform in this theater. And I remember thinking this guy was cute. And I kind of looked at him. I had on one of my poofy dresses that I'm known for, polka dots, high heels. And um, I remember the guy kind of shooting me a glance, like, like, you know, like what she got to say. This is a, you know, a cultural event. What's going to happen now? So I get in there, I do my poems, and he comes up to me afterwards and says, I did not expect that out of you. What did you expect? You didn't even you don't even know me. You didn't even give him the opportunity to get to know you or to talk or, or anything. And so I just I'm exhausted of that. I'm exhausted of being misunderstood. That is not to say I haven't burnt a couple bridges in my day, but <laughs> <laughs> perfect. You know. Yeah. But
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I, I,
1: saying that I'm perfect at all but I really get exhausted about um being misjudged and I think people go through that a lot and I wanted and poetry versus hip-hop creates that platform where people can come express themselves freely without language barriers without censorship be themselves completely 100% and you know have a great time
0: yeah yeah I can't wait to come see one uh um I am looking forward to please come one that, uh I had uh, the most I mean I'm trying to find the word I'm not a poet I should be a poet so I can Good. know words but but I had such a um a moving experience uh hearing you give some of your poems that are reading in in Israel what was it uh, yeah we were there in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and um you gathered a group and and we came over and and uh, i remember we were in actually a tiny little room crammed yeah. in almost like sardines in this little <laughs> yeah. room and and you performed and it was really a- amazing how did you find your voice um Trial and error isn't the right
1: word, it's development, professional and personal development. I, (laughs) um, most, and I can't speak for everybody, but uh, I started off as the angry light skin trying to prove I'm black enough poet, you know? And um, a lot of poets start off with, you know, angry social political poems or really, really raunchy erotic poems. That has never been my lane so I wrote about all the, the social challenges that I was facing growing up in the city of Detroit, not in the suburbs again, um, adopted by an all white family, navigating that through public school, um, being called Oreo and zebra and being made fun of because I could read well, like how, what, how do you make fun of somebody for being able to read? Like, that's, that's so funny, but, um. Uh, But I just started writing about all these experiences and then come to find out, even if people didn't couldn't relate directly to that story, they definitely could relate to being misunderstood or you know, people not taking the time to get to know them or any social challenges that they're facing. Um, being black, being pulled over by the police, being having the, being worried about their sons when they, you know, go out on their own, um, when they become of age, when they start driving. My son is 28, so I worry about him and him running across the cops. He's got a smart mouth. I wonder where he got that from, you know? So it's, you know, all of those things and all of those things came up for me and this became a way a therapeutic way to talk to somebody without talking to somebody. I was always that little kid in middle school, elementary school, always telling my business to the other little kids who couldn't do anything for me. I should have been talking to a counselor or something like that, but I was just trying to figure out what was going on, what was going on with me emotionally and poetry and spoken word has, has been my way. And by no means, I don't want you, you or your audience or anybody watching this in the future to think that I take it lightly. I went and got my master's in um, creative writing. So I wanted to make sure that I understood the literary aspect, the publishing aspect. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had books and that I had albums. And not, not just so that I could cast a wider net, but so that people that aren't familiar with spoken word can listen to it and be like oh you know this this is palatable I I understand this I I tell you know stories of growing up and childhood and and uh what what it's like having a son and being estranged with him and and not being able to see my grandchildren yes I have grandchildren and all of those things so there's there's so much to talk about you know and the and yeah. the finance side being an artist and being able to balance finances and now going viral in the internet there's there's so much, so it's a lot, but it's a a great way to get it out on paper and and, uh, have that kind of therapeutic session with yourself that becomes very visceral.
0: You really are, in so many ways, an inspiration to other people. What is your superpower?
1: Um, My superpower is taking a risk. So um, when I'm writing my poems, I try to leave it all on the paper or all on the stage. I take nothing with me. I tell all my secrets. And I also believe that um, you should offer a solution. That's one of my superpowers is offering solution. And this is how I uh, teach my students. I'm also a part-time professor at Clark Atlanta. So when I'm teaching people how to write poetry, if I was teaching you how to write poetry, even though you're an award-winning writer, I would say, Devin, pick something um, that's close to your chest, then narrow your scope, and then tell us not only what the problem is, tell us how to solve it, even if solving it is fictional. That's fine. If you want to have dragons from Game of Thrones swoop in and, you know, whisk you off or, you know, burn your leaves so you don't have to rake them in your yard, whatever whatever the issue is. and And all of the the um, social political things that I talk about aren't all heavy. I have poems about my menstrual cycle, which is uh, endometriosis is a, a really big thing, especially in black women. And then I have poems about water bugs in the South, right? That's, that's another huge thing, but it's also something that can be very scary if you're not used to it. And so I make these things light and funny, but I also give them political voice. So also I um, I just had uh, plastic surgery in December and uh I, so I'm writing a new poem called um New Booty. Now that is a uh a a, a spin off of one of most depths old songs, right? And I know the title sounds funny, but me being me. So it's going to start off a little light and funny, but then I'm going to go left to social political and say, well, now that I have a new booty, maybe I'll be considered black. Maybe I'll be less of the black. Maybe, maybe I'll be less of the microaggression of the mixed girl. Maybe I won't be called white anymore. You know, those things. So because those are things that I struggle with. Those are the things that come up in my life, in my adult life. So, My superpower is taking a risk, writing, writing to the edge and then going over it. And that's I the best way to explain it is a a good poem is like a thesis paper. You present a problem and your thesis statement should tell people which way you're leaning and then you support it and wrap it up.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Can you think of a an example? Of a a time when you took a risk and things turned out well. Maybe you were scared of that risk, you did it anyway, and it worked out. Can you think of an example?
1: Um. Well, yes. Um. So all of twenty two. It actually leads up. It actually. Um what's the word I'm looking for? It also kind of connects the dots on how I met you. So I gave myself all of 22 to be depressed. And not that I'm still not processing the grief or the things that I went through, but I gave myself all of 22 to eat, sleep, not do anything, not do anything. If I had to go to work, I told myself I had to go to work, I went to work. If I had a gig, I would show up for the gig. If I had a responsibility to show up, but then I gave myself permission to immediately go home and get in bed. I literally spent, can you imagine the amazing summer in Atlanta, Georgia, in bed, July 4th, in bed, Labor Day weekend, in bed, just not doing anything. So I did not want to commit suicide. I was just tired and I was exhausted. And I told myself do not commit suicide just keep showing up for your life. Just keep going. Just wake up and go to the next day and go to the next day. So Labor Day weekend, I was invited last minute to come perform, uh, excuse me, to come perform at the mayor's LGBT opening reception for Black Pride weekend. So there, I don't know why it's split, but there's Pride weekend, which is in October up here. I think it's Halloween weekend. And then there's Black Weekend, um, and it's Labor Day weekend, and I of course accepted the gig, and um, I said, you know what, let's go all out. I got a dress made. I had my friend um, design a dress for me. I was really honored to be a part of this. I actually ran for office at the same time the current mayor ran for office, so we kind of crossed paths a little bit, and he remembered me, and I appreciated that. And um, I show up. I perform the I perform. We are the women. And that was the only perf- poem they commissioned me to do. I performed that in front of at least a 1,000 people, right? We were in City Hall. This has never been, been done before. We were in City Hall, a 1,000 people sitting and standing around um, from the LGBTQIA community, um, elected officials, anybody you could think of was there. So I end the poem to a standing ovation and i was very excited that i decided to get up and and take that uh, that gig that day i go upstairs and that is where i run into anat my is is really consulate general and that is how i ended up meeting you and she said i you know i i was feeling good that day i was feeling up and i was like oh hey i mean she i mean she was I didn't know she was the consulate general. I was just complimenting her outfit. I was like, oh my God, you look great. You look so cute, blah, blah, blah. And she introduced herself and told me who she was. I was like, "Uh, oh my God, you know, Israel. I was like, that's amazing. She was like, yeah, I'm leaving in a couple of days, but I want to talk to you when you get back. When, When she got back and I said, take me with you. She said, I might have an opportunity for you. And so that's how I ended up in Israel with you all after that. And had I not shown up for my life, had I not shown up that day, then none of this, none of this forthcoming would have happened. So I tell everybody, um, I even, I have a lot of tattoos, but I have it tattooed on my wrist. that says not today. And I initially got not today on my wrist because there were an influx. There was an influx of middle school suicides when I was in grad school and uh, uh, doing substitute teaching to make ends meet and it seemed like once a month a child was taking their life from bullying or anxiety or depression. And as adults, we know that we're, we're just taller children. And so if it's not addressed, if somebody doesn't help them along their way, if they don't teach them art or poetry or language or music or something to direct their emotions and feelings and then help get them a counselor, they just don't. They just don't understand it. So I tell people, allow yourself time to grieve and be sad but show up for your life because if you don't you never know what could unfold positively yeah
0: that, that is such a good message uh, such a good message and I, I i think the um the pandemic created a kind of an echo pandemic of depression anxiety and stress that uh, will have ripple effects for a long time as people struggle with that. So I appreciate that counsel. As you're thinking about risk taking, especially in your writing, but but broadly speaking, as you say take risk, go right to the edge and then maybe tip over. How would you coach someone to develop that ability? In a, a safe way. It sounds so scary. It sounds so dangerous. Help us understand how to do that in a way that's constructive, productive, uh, edgy, fun, but safe. Is there a, is there a safe way to take risk in this way? I don't think so because you're, we're all artists.
1: And so we're sensitive about our shit, as Erica Badu said, right? So you're going to be judged. You you're it's you can't avoid it, you can, but you can't avoid it and, not but. You can't avoid it, and if you take the risk, if you feel good about what you're doing, you go to bed satisfied. You go to bed well-rested. You go to the bank and cast a check when people say, come and speak or, you know, become a keynote speaker or, hey, we want to have your books in our school or our university or our library or Barnes & Noble. That's you. You cannot. One of the things that the death of my partner taught me, and I, I learned it late, but at least I learned it. You know how your parents used to tell you, you can't worry about what other people say about you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. But these are my peers. Like their their opinion matters. It really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't it really does and i mean that in a positive way i don't want people to think like oh it doesn't matter of course you you want the the affirmation of your of your of your partner and your lover and your friends and your best friends of course but the decisions are ultimately up to you so if some if you're taking a risk and doing something that you want to do that you are steadfast ten toes to the ground on and you decide to take this risk and everybody's against it you got to decide what you want to do So there's not really a safe way to take a risk. You just have to be absolutely sure that's what you want to do, regardless of the outcome, regardless if it goes left or right. If it goes, uh, you know, positively goes to the right, then awesome, that's great. Reap the benefits. If it goes left, be prepared for it to go left and learn how to pivot and navigate back onto the track that you initially wanted. I don't think there is um, a safe way. And unfortunately, anxiety... Uh, and PTSD, especially from the pandemic, where people were found out that they really were just behaving around their partners. They really just had a routine. Okay, we get up, we we have coffee together. We're off to work. We send a couple. We send a couple. I love you. Text, hey babe. cute selfie. I, I miss you. I love you. Come back home. You watch TV. You make dinner. You go to bed. That's behavior. That's not necessarily human connection unless you were lucky enough to have that actual human connection and then bring in your children. About it, bringing your bringing your children, and you know you didn't see them for eight or ten hours a day. Now you have to have human connection with them as well. So I don't know if there is a safe way to take risk, but I have a a new to me slogan. It's not a new slogan; it's new to me. You only have one go, so do what you're gonna do every single day and do it big, and bold. Or if you're not a big and bold person, do it in your in your safe space and make sure that is something you want to do but you only have one go there is no putting it off there's there's no putting it off so yeah. take the risk get That's ready great
0: do- counsel. great cancel
1: just imagine so Sheba what was the quote from um I'm trying to think what was the I'm gonna mess it up I'm gonna mess it up maybe um in your edit you can find it um what was the <laughs> quote from coach carter it's actually a quote from mandela it's actually mandela's quote it's not it's not, the, it's not the fear of failure it's the fear of success it's something like i'm totally messing it up but yeah. it's not it's not the fear it's mandela's quote and it's not the fear of failure it's the fear of success and then having to live up to and maintain that success whatever that success is
0: yeah emotionally yeah. I think that is a problem for a lot of us. I think that is a problem for a lot of us in reaching our potential. That's a great insight. Shiva, thank you so much. Uh, I'm so grateful that you would take the time to do this. I am so grateful to know you. Uh, I am excited uh, to have you perform at Super Crowd 23. Uh, uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Before we wrap up, would you take a minute And tell people where they can buy your books and your albums and how they can find about about the next performances, the next uh, hip hop versus poetry events, et cetera, et cetera. Take all the time you want to tell us all the things we need to know about connecting with you, getting your stuff.
1: So um, I am a parallel universe of brand. (laughs) So we have the Queen Sheba brand, which is everything me performing anywhere. Um, with or without poetry versus hip hop. So, Queen Sheba as a poet, a keynote speaker, a motivational speaker, a professor, an author, um, and a DJ, actually happened to DJ as well. So, Queen Sheba, you can find me on all social medias as the Queen Sheba, T H E, Queen spelled regular, and Shiba is Sheba is S H E B A. So, the Queen Sheba. You can put that on any social media, YouTube. And my website is thequeensheba.live, like live performance. Um, poetry versus hip hop. Um, so so Queen Sheba, if uh, you need to find me or you need information or um, for my book. So I have one book at the time of this recording, um, which is International Women's Day. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I appreciate that. Uh, March 8th. So at the time of this recording, I have one book out that's on Amazon. It's called From Foster Care to Fame. And my last name is Rem, R-E-M, like the group. My first name is Beth Sheba, like in the Bible. That's how you can find me on Facebook if you're over 40. (laughs) (laughs) Which I happen to be. So that is not 40 shaming at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, my students are always talking about, we don't get a face back. I'm like, whatever. And you're TikTok and Instagram, right? Yeah. so right at, at the moment, I have um, one book out called From Foster Care to Fame. And those are poems and short stories. As of April 1st, um, in just in a couple of weeks, I will be dropping my second book of poetry. Poetry, I was going to say poems. My second book of poetry called Clemency, Poems to Help You Accept the Apologies You Will Never Receive. And then this summer, my goal in June um And actually, I'm on my way to meet a new publisher now, which I'm excited about. So my goal is June. I have my very first memoir coming out. I'm very excited about that. It is called The Day I Almost Died in DR, How to Leave Your Body and Toxic Relationship Behind, which actually Susan helped me come up with that subtitle. So look at all of us connected after Israel. So great. Um, so you can pre-order The Day I Almost Died in DR on my Instagram page. Just go to the link tree and it's there. My website has both of the poetry books up there. You can order them from there or you can find them on Amazon. And of course, um, well, I'm not sure about my publishing deal, but I'm sure all of them will be on Amazon um, by june 1st april 1st will be clemency long story short is already out and the day almost signed in dr will be out in june juneteenth around the time that hopefully you'll be coming up here so all of my albums you can find on itunes title uh spotify if you put in queen sheba poet albums poetry i pop right up in google but i'm on all streaming platforms um i have a brand new album that just came out this past october i'm sorry this past august and it's called the effort it pill it's not called the effort pill but i don't want to curse on your show <laughs> it's called the Pill. Um, basically in alignment with all the things i said you know just effort just do it just go just be just live don't leave anything you know um don't li- live with any regrets um and so the parallel universe of Poetry Versus Hip Hop, which is a lot easier to explain, if you want to come to any of the shows, our website is poetryversushiphop.live, again, like show or .com, either one It comes up. And it has our schedule on there and you can come to any show. Each um, venue has their own ticketing platform, so you may be directed to that venue, but um, we always keep it up to date with the um, dates that we have coming up. Our big Fifty year in hip hop, um, fifty years in hip hop plus our eight year anniversary will be at Center Stage in Atlanta, Georgia. It holds eight hundred people. We would love to have every single one of you there. It's definitely worth traveling for. And Poetry versus Hip Hop only has um, two social media, well, three if you count Facebook. So we have Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And it's Poetry vs. and Hip Hop, and that's really about it. So our website and then our three social. That's where
0: we're at. Fantastic. Well, thank you, uh, thank Shiva. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. We wish you every success in the great, inspiring work that you're doing to help people connect across communities and to find that uh, humanity in each other.
1: Thank you so much, Devin, for having me. I look forward to interviewing you one
0: day. Oh, Thank you. Now let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? visit DevonThorpe.com. Then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.